I'm going to begin these very few words with a reading from this little book called The Road to Donegal by Herbert O'Driscoll, who was an Anglican priest in Canada. But he spent his boyhood, he grew up in Ireland, and this book is a remembrance of that boyhood. And in the passage I'm going to share with you, he describes his grandmother's declining health. Around the time she turned 40, she lost the ability to walk. And so she spent the rest of her life 30 more years confined to a chair until she died. And this is Herbert O'Driscoll remembering his grandparents from those days way back. During that time, she and my grandfather continued their quiet love affair, rich with three daughters, two sons, and the memory of a child, my namesake, who would, because of early death, remain forever five years old. Every day there were particular times when they would enjoy each other's company. In the late morning, they would read the paper and comment about the world to each other. Later, when the work in the fields was over, he would again sit with her. When she died, her body was buried in the churchyard, as was the custom in those days. It was also the custom that such things happened without involving the children. So my grandmother's death was a distant and mysterious event, seen only with puzzlement through the tears in my mother's eyes. The following year, summer having come again to the farm, I went there on holiday. One day we were to visit relatives considered distant in that small island world. We drove through the town and over the bridge, I in the back seat with my grandfather, my uncle and my mother up front. As we drove past the great gates of the graveled driveway leading to the churchyard, where the summer grass was high and green gold in the sun, my grandfather, thinking he was unobserved, pressed his face against the window of the car, and with a small hidden motion of his hand, waved. Somehow I knew what he was doing. Our eyes did not meet, nothing was said, but I have always been aware that for me it was a moment of gentle but immense growing. Like a traveler who comes suddenly to the edge of a great escarpment and sees a country vast and mysterious and lovely, I came to my first understanding of the majesty and the vulnerability of human love. That's Herbert O'Driscoll. One of the good and important things we do here, and not just on this Sunday, but all around the year, is remember and celebrate the lives of those who have died. It feels central to my vocation as minister, being 
with people at the pivotal moments of their lives. There's something so beautifully human about gathering for a memorial service or gathering around a grave and returning our beloved's body to the earth. This reverencing of the dead is something we do well here, including the gatherings afterwards, usually organized by the ladies' circle, in which there's always lovely food and plenty of it and lovely conversation too. And it is holy, isn't it, this remembering of those who have died this celebrating of how they touched and blessed our lives while they were here. And it doesn't stop when the service is over and life, at least on the surface, seems to be getting back to normal, right? How could it? My wife Tracy would tell you that she remembers vividly the days and weeks after her father had died One day she was in the grocery store picking up a few things and she noticed there were all these people going about their daily lives as if nothing had changed. Life does go on and we are forever changed by the deaths of those who are close to us. And that's why we gather on this Sunday to remember all souls. And the timing is pretty perfect, isn't it? The summer is gone, long gone now. The splendor of fall will be beyond us soon. Things are dying, things are coming to an end. And particularly this fall, I am feeling it. This time of year always makes me mindful of my own mortality, but some, for some reason this year, even more so. The other day I said to Tracy, maybe it's because I'm in the autumn of my life now. And who knows when winter will come? Who knows how long any of us have left, right? There's an expression that I've been hearing in recent years about getting older when your parents' generation is mostly gone, we're in the front row now. (laughs) And you know, some of you here, some of you have been in the front row for quite a while now, right? (laughs) And I just gotta say, I'm gonna try to not make eye contact. (laughs) But you wear it really well. You teach us how to live in the front row in these later years. How to live with joy and with commitment. How to show up for others and how to bring care. How to age with grace. And you do this more than you know by all the wonderful ways you show up. And so... I hope you know how grateful we are for you. It's one of the real blessings. You could say to us right now, don't worry, it's not long before you're going to be sitting in my my seat. (laughs) It's one of the blessings of a community like this one, right, that we 
we span the generations. We of different ages get to see and behold and connect with one another and hear each other's stories. And I wonder about you younger people here. Do you know, are you aware that everyone in this sanctuary was at one point in time the same age that you are now? I know it might seem impossible, <laughs> but look around. All of us here were at some point in time two or four or 12 or 15. A little hard to imagine. And it is hard to lose those that we have lost to death. The grief that we feel comes in proportion to how much those departed souls meant to us. So in that way, our grief, as painful as it is, it's a tribute. It's like a monument of, to what we've shared with them while they were here. The majesty and the vulnerability of human love. A couple of days ago, I was talking with one of our elders about her husband who died a number of years ago. And I asked, do you still feel his presence? And she said, oh, yes, I do. And that made me glad. Death does bring an ending that is tangible and real. But is that the end of the story? We can still be connected to those that we have loved and lost. We remember them. We can make altars to their lives here in church, and many of us do it in our homes. We are mindful of what we have inherited from them, those parts of ourselves that remind us of them. We remember them. And there is a kind of immortality in that. We are part of a larger and ongoing story that we catch glimpses of from time to time. And it reminds us of what Herbert O'Driscoll first saw as a young boy, the majesty and the vulnerability of human love. Even with its pain and with its sorrow, would you trade that for anything? One day we went to visit relatives considered distant in that small island world. We drove through the town and over the bridge, I in the back seat with my grandfather, as we drove past the gates of the gravel driveway leading to the churchyard where the summer grass was high and green gold in the sun, my grandfather, thinking he was unobserved, pressed his face against the window of the car and with a small hidden motion of his hand, waved. Somehow I knew what he was doing. Our eyes did not meet. Nothing was said, but I've always been aware that for me it was a moment of gentle but immense growing. Like a traveler who suddenly comes to the edge of a great escarpment and sees a country vast 
and mysterious and lovely, I came to my first understanding of the majesty and the vulnerability of human love. It is good, isn't it? This life and the love that we give and the love that we receive, even with its pain and loss, especially with its pain and its loss, it is good. Amen.